Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. And although Adam and Eve had depended on God to explain reality, basically, for them, the serpent suggested that they could become autonomous and start to decide things for themselves. They could decide what's true for them because they would understand things as God sees them. All because God is controlling that tree. He wants them to take care of it, but they can't eat from it because God knows in that day they'll be just like he is and they'll know everything. So in other words, the serpent, Satan through the serpent, reduced God's word to the level of, this is just another point of view in your total existence. While man became the measure of what we see today and what's true for me. I look at this, you may see it one way, I see another. It's what's true for me. What makes me feel good? You see that all over society today. The Bible says you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. Well, I look at it as what's good for me. I mean, if, what makes me feel good? If I'm comfortable in, in doing this, then you know that's that's up to me. It's not. It may not be right for you, but it's right for me. You know, take uh, homosexual marriages and all that stuff. Well, it's what's right for me. God made me this way, so it's right for me. You may not like doing that. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, that is humanism. That is self-centeredness. That is deception. And that's what Satan, through the serpent, was trying to get across to Eve at this point in time. Okay, let's go down now, verse 6 and 7. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and it was a tree to be desired, and would make one wise, she took from the fruit thereof, so she just touched it, Nothing happened. And she's looking at it. It's pretty. So she ate it. She took a bite of it. And nothing happened. And she gave also to her husband who was with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Because the glory immediately left. They had disobeyed God. They were out of fellowship with God. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Eve's decision was deliberate. She went and plucked the fruit off the tree. Remember, they can touch it. They got to tend to it. She's touching it. Nothing's going on. She plucked it off. She just took this fruit for herself. Nothing happened. Wow. Maybe what this serpent is telling me is true. She's looking at it. You know, it it, it looks good. I mean, it's beautiful. It's got to be good. 
I'm just going to take a quick bite. And she did. You know, the text says Eve saw the fruit. That's the same verbal form used to describe Rachel and Leah when they saw the same word, same Hebrew uh, meaning, when they saw they bore no children. Eve saw the fruit. Rachel and Leah saw they bore no children. Those women deliberately weighed their circumstances and took action. Right? You can go read that. We'll get to it. Eventually, it's in Genesis chapter 30. Uh, what Eve saw was appealing at the, at, at, in the census. Okay? It looked good for food. Right? The aesthetic level, it's pretty. It, it looks good to my eyes. And then at the cognitive level, she's like, and the serpent said that I could touch it and have it and I would not really die. And now I'm holding it here in my hand and I'm not dead yet. Maybe what he's saying is true. Maybe it will make me wise. To her, self-determination became more than a continued trust and obedience to God. Now, the Bible says, gave to her husband who was with her. Adam may have been present for at least part of this interview with the serpent. But in any case, he deliberately chose to disobey God's word. He knew exactly what God had said. He knew what God had said about eating from that fruit of that tree. Why didn't the serpent go straight to Adam? He's the one in authority. Why didn't he just, you know, uh, go up there and, and say, Hey, Adam, you know, God's lying to you here. Probably because Adam would have cast that dude out. Adam would have banned him from coming back into the garden. For whatever reason, he came to Eve. All right? Now, Adam knew when Eve gave him the fruit, what he was doing was wrong. But now his mind is like, wow, she just took a bite of that. She's still here. Maybe this serpent guy isn't lying to us. Maybe God's the one who's lying to us. Just enough to doubt that he took the bite. Either way, he was fully culpable in what happened. And matter of fact, the Hebrew term with her in, in chapter 3, verse 6, and the subsequent judgment in chapter 3, verse 17, suggests that at the point of his sin, Adam compromised both his headship over his wife and his dominion over the serpent. And the immediate result of their sin was far different from what they were fantasizing was going to happen. It says immediately they knew they were naked. They realized what they had done. As soon as they did it, they realized what they'd done. Now they're scared. They're ashamed that they believe the devil and not God. They're worried what God's going to do. Right? God's never punished anyone. He's just shown love. But their sense of shame caused them to sew together fig leaves into a suit. Now, 
being in the military, I'm familiar with what ghillie suits are. If you aren't sure what that is, you need to go look it up. I can't explain it, but you blend into your environment. I don't even think they were that good. Okay. They just made, they took fig leaves and tried to camouflage themselves into the environment. Maybe God won't see us. Right. They would not know the full consequences of their choice until they heard from God. Because it's his word that they defied. Which takes us now to verse number 8. And, and it's going to go, we're going to go 8 to 19. But let's just read a couple of verses at a time here. Then they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The cool of day in the Hebrew is the wind. They heard God walking through the garden as they heard the wind rustling the leaves. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. They sewed together these fig leaves. Now they're trying to camouflage themselves and blend in so that God won't see them. And God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Okay, Not physically, okay, but where are you spiritually? God knew right where they were at. He knows everything. He knew the instant something happened. You know, you hear about mothers, uh, something happening to their children, and it wakes them up in the middle of the night. Something just happened. You hear the same thing about, uh, you know, uh, fraternal twins, you know, that one something happens to one and the other one can feel it. Well, it's on a much deeper sensory level with God. He knew as soon as that happened, and it says immediately they knew, you know, the glory had left. They immediately knew they were naked. God knew it too. He knew it. Now he's coming in, and he's giving them an opportunity to repent here. That's basically what it boils down to. When you sin, repent. Run to God, not away from God. God waited now he's coming to find them. Adam, where are you? He knew right where they were at. You can't hide from God behind a tree. He knew right where they're at. That's why he's walking towards them. He's asking, where are you spiritually, Adam? What happened here? He could have repented, God, I'm so sorry. I believe that devil. I'm so sorry. It could be God would have forgiven the whole thing right there. But... He didn't do that, right? God, in his question, where are you, is, it's a rhetorical question, giving them an opportunity to confess and repent. The novice sinners responded to God in ways that we do all the time. First, they felt shame, resulting in concealment. You know, verse 8 indicates they tried to go unnoticed, by the Creator, by blending in with the vegetation. Second, they felt fear, which resulted in an attempt to escape from God's presence. And we can see that. And here, when he says, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Verse 11, who told you you were naked? Who told you? What do you mean, you realize you were naked? Who told you you were naked? God giving him a chance to repent. 
to confess, right? Then they felt guilt. Then they were guilty, and they knew it, and they felt guilty. But they compounded their offense by trying to shift blame to someone else. Adam... Adam blamed Eve at first, but then he went one step further and said, it's not my fault. It's this woman you gave me. It's her fault. And it's your fault because you gave her to me. He's blaming God. Think about that. Let's read that. Who In verse 11, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of that tree that I commanded you you shouldn't eat from? And instead of saying, yes, God, I did. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He didn't do that. And instead, a man starts getting in God's face. He says, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me from the tree and I ate it. It's her fault. And ultimately, it's not just her fault. It's your fault because you gave her to me. If it wasn't for you giving her to me, none of this would have happened. It's your fault. Can you imagine telling God that to his face? Man. That's crazy. Right? Eve, when God said, what did you do? Eve blamed the serpent. Hey, it wasn't me. It was a serpent here. He tricked me. It's not my fault. It's his fault. In contrast to Adam and Eve, God did not invite the serpent to repent, did he? God did not say, all right, serpent, you tell me what happened here, all right? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Instead, God decreed a series of three judgments, okay? First on the serpent, then on the woman. And then finally on Adam. Think about it. Judgment upon the serpent. Verse 14. Well, let, let's, let's read this whole conversation. Adam, where are you? He said, I heard your voice. This is in verse 9. Verse 10. I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree that I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me she gave me from the tree, and I ate it. Then God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, because you tricked the man and the woman, because you did this, you are now cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly you'll go, and dust you'll eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And it'll bruise your head, and it'll bruise, and you will bruise his heel. Enmity. Okay, because the, the serpent had destroyed or ruined the human race, basically. The serpent would be destroyed by a member of the human race. You see how that's working out here? There's a promise. A member of the human race will destroy you forever. 
The enmity between the woman and the serpent and their seed, or the offspring is what it means. The, the woman's offspring and the snake's offspring involves more than just future hatred between women and snakes. The Hebrew term translated enmity applies not to animals, but to moral agents. Here we see a clear indication that Satan is behind the serpent, especially in light of Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Though Satan will cause suffering to the seed of the woman, he will be dealt a mortal blow by the seed of the woman. Amen? So, is the gospel in verse 15, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I can't pronounce this big, long name. It's it's Protovangelum, but it's basically called the first gospel. The law of first mention, okay? A prophetic picture of the time when Satan will be defeated by the woman's triumphant descendant. Who's Jesus? Hallelujah. And, and we see that here. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your descendants and her descendants. And her descendants shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. Until next time. Be blessed in all that you do.